ಪಾರ್ಥಯ ಪ್ರತಿಬೋಧಿ ಭಗವತ ನಾರಾಯಣ ಸ್ವಯಂ ವ್ಯಾಸೇನ್ರಥಿತುರಾಣಮುನಿ ಮಧ್ಯೆ ಮಹಾಭಾರತ ಅದ್ವೈತಮೃತವರ್ಷಿಣಿ ಭಗವತಿ ಅಷ್ಟಾಧ್ಯಾ ಅಂಬತ್ವಾಮನುಸಂದಿ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತೆಷಿಣಿ ಯಂಬ್ರಹ್ಮವರುಣೇಂದ್ರರುದ್ರಮರು ಸ್ತುನ್ವಂತಿ ದಿವ್ಯೈಸ್ತವೈ ವೇದೈಸ್ಸಾಂಗಪದಕ್ರಮೋಪನಿಷದೈ ಗಾಯಂತಿ ಯಂ ಸಾಮಗಾ ಧ್ಯಾನವಸ್ಥಿತದ್ಗತೇನ ಮನಸ ಪಶ್ಯಂತಿ ಯೋಗಿನ ಯಂತನ್ನ ವಿರುಸುರಸುರಗಣ ದೇವಾಯತಸ್ಮೈ ನಮಃ ವ್ಯವಸಾಯಾತ್ಮಕ ಬುದ್ಧಿ ಏಕೇಹಕುರುನಂದನ ಬಹುಶಾಖಾ ಶಿರಂತಾಶ್ಚ ಬುದ್ಧಯೋ ವ್ಯವಸಾಯಿನ ಫಾರ್ಟಿ ಒನ್ ತಟ್ ಹೇ ಕುರುನಂದನ ಹೇ ಅರ್ಜುನ ವ್ಯವಸಾಯಾತ್ಮಕ ಬುದ್ಧಿ ದೋಸ್ ಹೂ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ವಾಟ್ ದ ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಪ್ಚರ್ಸ್ ರಿವೀಲ್ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಎಮ್ ದಿಸ್ ಬುದ್ಧಿ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ದ ಕಮಿಟ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಸೊ ವ್ಯವಸಾಯಾತ್ಮಕ ಬುದ್ಧಿ ದೇ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಒನ್ ಫರ್ಮ್ ಕಮಿಟ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ದೇ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಒನ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಫಾಲೋ ಇನ್ ಲೈಫ್ ವೆದರ್ they are following the path of karma or they are pursuing the path of knowledge meaning even when they are performing karma or action then also they their path or their goal is one alone and so goal is one for those who have discerned the problem of life avyavasayanam on the other hand those people who have not discerned the problem of life bahushaakha shanantasya buddhaya their convictions keep on changing again and again what the scriptures reveal here is the simple statement tatpramasi that thou art meaning you are what you are seeking that means you are free and so freedom is something to be discovered and not something to be achieved thus one can attain freedom or moksha by knowledge thus vedas or vedanta presents knowledge as the goal of life because what we call bondage is a product of ignorance and therefore bondage can be removed only by knowledge ignorance can be removed only by knowledge and therefore one can become free from bondage only by knowledge if this is clear then gaining this knowledge becomes the objective or the purpose for this person in which case he is very clear and he is a resolute person so his resolve is very firm as to what he is seeking and what he has to do in life however when that resolve is not firm or not when this clarity is not there as to what one is seeking as long as one thinks that what one is seeking is away from oneself meaning the happiness the freedom that one is seeking is elsewhere so long the person is always running after different ends hoping that that is what will bring him the fulfillment which is seeking 
and thus he runs after different ends bahushakaha anantascha the ends are many and varied because every end when it is achieved reveals itself to be a limited thing and therefore gives its place to some other end and thus this person keeps on seeking or running after or chasing one end after the other so it is necessary that we should have what we call vyavasayatmaka buddhi that everyone should have this firm commitment or understanding as to what one is seeking and where is it to be found how is to how is it to be found that clarity must be there one must be mumukshu meaning desires of moksha and also must have a clarity that the moksha is to be attained by knowledge and not as a result of some action or some process and when this is clear then even the even though he performs karma meaning action then also the action is performed now as a means of knowledge and the liberation rather than as a means of attainment of certain ends so problem here is when i perform the action what should be my understanding or what should be my uh, uh, purpose of performing the action action can be performed to achieve something which one does not have or action can be performed to get rid of something that one has so if i perform action to achieve what i don't have i do keep on achieving things in my life by the same time all the likes and dislikes and the reactions which are accompanied with every achievement they also come along with that on the other hand if the purpose of performing action is to get rid of the likes and dislikes the perfection is performed for the purification of the mind if that is the purpose of performing action then that action indirectly becomes the means for liberation and so he is clear that he is not seeking any material gain in life and thus his action becomes an offering because there is nothing that is seeking to achieve through the action in which case his understanding or commitment is firm <coughs> Now in three subsequent verses, Lord Krishna describes Yesham, Vivasayatmika, Buddhi, Nasti, Te, how are those people who do not have this firm resolve or firm commitment, who do not have that clarity and therefore who think that the moksha or liberation is, is in the form of some kind of happiness or something, I mean achievement of something that I don't have. How are those people? and those people are described here in the next three verses yamimam pushpitam vacham parvadantya vipaschitah vedavadartah partha nanyadastiti vadinah kamatmana swargaparaha janma karma phalapradam kriya vishesha bahulam bhogaishwarya gatim prati bhogaishwarya prasaktanam taya pahrita chetasam vivasayatmika buddhi samadhuna vidhiyate so vyavasayatmaka buddhi samadhuna vidhiyate na vidhiyate does not become established so this vyavasayatmaka buddhi meaning this firm commitment or this firm resolve does not become established in the minds of these people whose minds are disturbed on account of their pursuing the different ends on account of their fascination for some worldly achievements 
So when the mind is fascinated by some worldly achievements and pursuits, then in that mind, this firm commitment does not take its roots. That's what Lord Krishna says here. Says in the verse 42, that yamimam puspitam vacham paravadanti avipaschitaha. There are people who follow the words of others, who present the different material ends in very flowery language. So, yamimam avipaschitaha, the undiscerning people, the people who are not intelligent, people who are not wise, people who have not discerned the problem of life. They speak all kinds of language. Pushpitam vacham. They speak the words which are very flowery words. What kind of words they speak? So avipaschitaha, people who are undiscerning. Vedavadartaha. And now Lord Krishna is saying this with reference to the Vedas. With reference to the Karmakanda section of the Vedas. The Vedas have basically two sections, Karmakanda and Jnanakanda. So section dealing with various rituals. And then finally the section dealing with knowledge, which is called the Upanishad. Now the section dealing with the rituals is Karmakanda. Is a, is a, is a voluminous section which describes a number of rituals and describes also the various results to be attained as a result of performance of these rituals. So the Vedas will tell us, if you perform this particular ritual, you will attain this particular end. And Vedas present this swarga, or the heavens, as a very attractive end to be achieved. Swarga kama agnishtomena yajeta. So one who is desirous of heavens, may he perform this particular yaga, jyotishtoma or agnishtoma yaga, may he perform. So people then they describe in flowery language what this heavens is. So description of heavens also is found in the scriptures. What kind of beautiful gardens are there and what kind of, I mean what beautiful vehicles are there and what all these damsels are, all kinds of descriptions are there. So people with very fickle mind and people with very shallow and gross mind, they are always attracted by this kind of pleasures. Attracted by pleasures, you know, like gardens and like uh, dance and music and stuff like that. So when they hear and, and this description, they think, yes, this is what they want. So this language in which this heaven and other pleasures are described is a language that entices these people who do not have this, uh, the viveka or discrimination in life. So those who are who are pleasure-oriented people, gross people. And so they listen to the language of these other fellows, avipaschitaha, the undiscerning people, vedavadarataha. <coughs> These Vedas are talk of many arthavada, you know. So Vedas describe, as we say, different ends in very flowery language, in very tempting language. It's interesting how the Vedas also do that. This is in order to motivate a person to perform the action. Because there are many people, or I would say most of the people, would rather not do anything if the action does not yield any result. Most of the people are motivated to perform action because action produces certain desirable results. Otherwise they won't do that. 
Very few people would there be who will perform action for the sake of performing action. For the love of action. There are some who love to act, work. And for that they will do whether the action yields any results or not. But how many such people are there? Very few. Most people are those who would rather, you know, uh, take it easy. But then, if they are told that, look, if you do this, then you will get this result, then it's okay, then I'll do that. So most people are motivated on account of their uh, love or fascination for the result. That is the reason why the scriptures describe the result also in very flowery language. Like today's marketing people would describe the result of, I mean, you know, the different products in very flowery language and create an attraction or fascination on, from the, uh, on the part of the consumers. And so also, this fascination is created uh, in the people so that they would be motivated to perform the different rituals. Because otherwise they won't do anything. Suppose you tell them that this is all false, this world is all mithya, and then all, if you go to heavens, then also you have to come back, and stuff like that. It will not impress them because they are just not ready to listen to the ultimate reality, ultimate truth. At the moment, all they can think of is the sensuous pleasure. That's all they can think of. And therefore, there's no point in telling them that all the sensuous pleasures are only fleeting and therefore, ultimately, they will leave you only as incomplete as you are today or as dissatisfied as you are today. This kind of language will not work with them. And so, we have to tell them, yes, you do this and you will achieve. This is a great achievement, you know, and you will get this kind of pleasures. And, and this is how we have to motivate them to perform the actions. And that's the reason why scriptures also, Vedavada, all the words of the Vedas also describe in flowery language the, the uh, different ends which are to be achieved. And that is how there are people who eloquently, eloquently talk about this, talk about the, the words of the Vedas and the various descriptions of the Vedas. Nanyat astiti vadinaha. And then also say that other than that, there is nothing in the world. There is no God and there is no liberation. There is no moksha. All there is, is heavens. All there is, are these pleasures of the world. And the only means to attain the happiness is all these rituals and actions. So it is not that this, is, this exists only today. This is a common thing today. That if you want to be happy, you must go out and get it. Happiness is something to be acquired. If you want to be happy, go and chase the happiness and get what you want and be happy. And other than that, there is no way to be happy. If you perform the action, then you can get different means, a different ends, and that is how you can be happy. So these are the people who say, in the olden days also people were saying, that other than the ritual or the various actions described in the Veda, there is no means for getting the happiness. Who talks of liberation? Where is liberation? And where is, the matter? where is God? There is no God, there is no liberation. All there is is pleasures. And pleasures can be obtained, experienced, only when you perform action. You perform the actions and you attain the desired ends, as a result of which you can enjoy the happiness. And so, There is no moksha, there is no Ishvara. All there is, is the heavens, all there is are the worldly pleasures, and all there is is the different actions and rituals to attain those pleasures. So you do that. 
then Kamatmanaha Swargaparaha and the fellows who are Kamatmanaha Kama Swabhavaha meaning those people who Kama or the passion has become the nature Swargaparaha and for them Swarga or the heavens is the ultimate goal of life so people who are just pleasure oriented people for them Swarga or the heavens so heavens is an ideal condition where there are all kinds of pleasures so that alone is the goal for whom they always revel in this kind of passages of the Vedas which describe in flowery language the different results, the different ends and the different rituals. So they revel in this. <coughs> and they speak the language which is Pushpitam Vacham which is a very flowery language. And Jarma Karma Falapradam Unfortunately, this language entices other people and makes them perform the action. So when you perform all these actions or rituals, what ultimately do they yield? Janma karma falapradam. See, ultimately, even when you perform what we call punya karma or these rituals which we may call merit, meritorious work, as long as these actions are performed with a desire, then you will definitely gain what we call karma phala. You will get the result of the action and ultimately that will lead you to even the next birth also. The idea is that even if you get some pleasures and happiness as a result of the performance of these actions and rituals, definitely this whole cycle of birth and death is going to perpetuate. Because it is said, Kshine Punye Marti Lokam Vishanti. Yes, you can even go to heavens, accepting that there is such a region called heavens. And that by performing certain rituals that you can go to heavens. But then what? How long will you remain there? As long as the effect of your actions lasts. And when you have uh, run out of this punya karma or the merit, then marte lokam vishanti, you are thrown away, you are thrown down from the heavens and you come back to this earth. So janma karma falapadam. These rituals or any actions, even worldly actions also performed with the desire to achieve certain results are going to produce those results and thus perpetuate the cycle of birth and death. Kriya, Vishesha, Bahulam and all these rituals involve lots of different kinds of actions, lots of different kinds of rituals and efforts. Bhogai, Shvarya, Gatim, Prati and they all the time lead you to Bhoga and Aishwarya meaning enjoyment and Aishwarya meaning the power. So name, fame, enjoyment, power so these are the kind of things that uh, these rituals and these actions lead you to and there are people who always revel in this kind of words on the passages of Vedas. So not only they revel but then they even attract other people. So fellows who listen to this language, fellows who listen to the speeches and the words of these people, Bhogaishwarya prasaktanam taya pahrudu chetasam and so those people who are, whose minds are enticed or tempted by the bhoga and aishwarya by pleasure and this power and name and fame taya pahrata chetasam and because of which whose viveka buddhi or the the sense of discrimination is completely robbed away so they cannot really discriminate and think in their life as to what it is they are seeking because they are so tempted and attracted and so they listen to these passages they listen to these words and thus are all the time made to think about pleasures, made to think about the actions, made to think about all the various materials and things required for performance of action 
And thus the mind is always preoccupied with heavens, with pleasures, with name, fame, actions, how to perform actions, and what all is to be done. The mind is completely engrossed in that, totally preoccupied with that. In minds such as this, how can there be a commitment for knowledge or a commitment for moksha or liberation? It is not possible. The idea is that the mind which only thinks that what one has to achieve are the material happiness or material pleasures. And for attainment of those material pleasures, that one must perform so many actions and rituals. And for performing those rituals, all this planning and, and execution is required. That completely keeps one's mind engaged, occupied, busy. And in such a mind that is preoccupied with this kind of thoughts, Vyavasayatmaka buddhi samadhuna viziyate In such a mind, this Vyavasayatmaka buddhi, this commitment to knowledge or commitment of moksha or liberation can never take its root. And so, it may never get established. Even when they listen to Vedanta, you keep on listening to Vedanta and Tattvamasi, that thou art. Keep on listening. But the mind is all the time thinking about what I do not have, how to get it, how to enjoy that thing, how to get this new thing. Some new thing has come in the market. How new, now 92 model is 91, or now 92 model will come. And how is it going to then This Japanese car is there, and then the Korean car is there, and how it's going to look like. And this new compact disc business, come, you know, things like that. And in the market, there are enough number of things coming again, you know, every day to keep one's attention riveted there. And so one is all the time planning and scheming a new model of television, new model of stereo, new model of car, new clothes, and new house, and new furniture, and whatever. And so, always busy thinking about them, planning about it, and doing whatever is necessary. And you cannot get these things uh, free, you have to work for them. You have to strive hard. And so the people are all the time busy, engaged in, in doing all kinds of things in order to achieve these worldly ends. And you talk to them, Vedanta, that thou art, this world is Mithya, Atma is Satyam. These things can never make sense to them because you are dismissing something that they are, they consider so precious. They would think that you are simply, you just don't know how to live life. You don't know how to enjoy the life. And that's the reason why you're dismissing life, by calling it mithya or unreal and things like that. It just creates, in fact, altogether a negative effect, very often. So Vedanta can make a person very miserable, in fact. If the, uh, the, the fundamental discerning or understanding is not there. So Lord Krishna says that when one has not given adequate thought to the life, one has not given adequate thought to what one is seeking in life. One has not analyzed the experiences of life. Says Mundaka Upanishad, Parikshalokan, Karmachitan, Brahmano, Nirvedamayat, Nasta Kratakratena. This one analyzed, examined all the different ends and, and, and all the different achievements that can be attained as a result of performance of actions. And he finds that all of them are limited. Nasta krita kritena, kritena karmana akritaha nasti. There is no way that I can attain what is uncreated as a result of action. Actions only can produce something that is limited. And what I am seeking is limitless. And therefore what I am seeking can never be attained through 
any action or even a series of actions. What I am seeking can be attained only through knowledge. And thus, when one has understood what all I have achieved so far has not created in me or given me any lasting satisfaction, and what I can possibly achieve in future also is going to be of the same nature, and therefore there is nothing in the creation that can give me lasting satisfaction, that a thing can give me perhaps a temporary satisfaction, all right, but what I am seeking is lasting satisfaction that can never be attained through any limited achievement. And thus comes a dvairagya or dispassion. So this vivasayatmika buddhi, all this firm commitment to moksha, liberation, into knowledge, will take its root only in the mind which enjoys a certain degree of vairagya or dispassion. Which enjoys what we may call a certain degree of emotional maturity. In that mind alone, this teaching will take its root. And that person alone will be even able to commit himself or herself to what we call a life of karma yoga, which primarily involves performing actions without selfish motives. But how is it possible to give up selfish motives when I think that happiness is something to be achieved? It's not possible for me to give up those selfish motives. When I know that happiness is not to be achieved, happiness is something to be invoked from within, is to be discovered from within. And all I have to do is to remove obstacles. It's not that unacquired happiness is to be acquired. Happiness which is already there has to be made manifest. And there are certain obstacles which stifle that happiness. And all I have to do is to remove those obstacles. Obstacles in the form of ego, in the form of sense of possession, in the form of likes and dislikes. So, all these things slowly have to be, when they go, then the happiness which is naturally there becomes manifest. And therefore, then alone I can be prepared to perform an action as a means, which becomes a means for getting rid of these likes and dislikes, rather than accumulating more likes and dislikes through the material ends and achievements. Because action will definitely bring about its result. And it will also bring about the worldly ends and, and achievements. But along with that, it will also bring in its likes and dislikes. Nothing comes unpolluted. Everything always brings its, its difficulties along with it. When money comes, the pollution or the contamination of that also comes along with it. And therefore, when you are out to acquire things, you will acquire the material things all right. But along with them, you will also acquire all the ills or the evils that are associated with material ends. You cannot remain free from that. And so what happens is a common man, in the very process of acquiring things, is also gathering all this garbage. Ultimately finds himself as more and more in conflict, more and more torn apart. And that natural happiness seems to be farther and farther away. He finds himself chasing the happiness even more and more vigorously. Because that problem of life has not been discerned. So vyavasayatmika buddhi, commitment to the vision of the scriptures and commitment to a spiritual life, commitment to a life of what we call yoga is possible only when one enjoys a relative degree of what we call emotional maturity. And then alone that, that appreciation is there and then that commitment is there. Therefore Lord Krishna said, Vivasayatmaka buddhi 
एक
that the mind has love for knowledge, love for happiness, when the mind is suffering. So such a mind also will be pursuing something, namely the knowledge. When the mind is, 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 is under the spell of Rajoguna, then there is all this greed. And from the greed arises all kinds of desires, all kinds of pursuits, all kinds of activities. And the, when the mind is under the spell of Samoguna, then there is ignorance, there is dullness, there is pramada, inadvertence. And thus all these three gunas in fact are binding. Sattvam rajas tamaiti gunaf prakriti sambhavaha nibadnanti mahabaho dehe dehinam avyayam This self who is avyaya, imperishable, is as though bound with this body by these three gunas. So word guna means quality and in Sanskrit the word guna also means a rope. So these three qualities, sattva, rajas and tamas are also like the ropes which bind the self with this body, with the world. So what is it that binds me? It is not that the self is bound by ropes actually, but the self is bound by the subtle ropes of this guna, sattva rajas tamas. And therefore my mind is tied down to something. If my mind is uh, full of rajas, I'm going to be tied down to the objects of the world because I want more and more of things. I want to enjoy more and more. And I want to achieve more and more. I want to assert more and more. If the mind is full of tamas, I want to avoid everything. I, want, I don't want any difficulty at all. I don't want to exert, you know. I just want to... I think that I'm sattvic, but the sattva and tamas, you know, they, they look alike. And so, fellow doesn't want to do anything. Doesn't want to exert. And when the mind is sattvic, then also the person wants to know this and know that, etc. Of course, sattva is what we desire, but one has to ultimately even transcend the sattva. There is something that is beyond even sattva also. So, Arjuna, as far as karma is concerned, karma will uh, karma means action is concerned, it will produce for you the different achievements, ends in life. But all those different ends or all those different achievements are going to be within the realm of the three gunas, sattva, rajas and tamas, meaning within the realm of samsara. And therefore, by achieving them, you can never become free from samsara. What you are seeking through the fulfillment, what is it that one is seeking through the fulfillment of desires? When different desires arise in my mind, what is it that I am seeking? I think that I am seeking the fulfillment of various desires, but that is not so. In fact, what I am seeking is freedom from the desire. What man does not understand is, what one wants to become free is from the desirer. Because the desirer that becomes manifest from me is what makes me dissatisfied with my own self. I cannot stand to be a desirer and therefore I want to stop being a desirer. And in order to become free from this desirer, I keep on satisfying different desires thinking that the desirer will no more be. But unfortunately, different desires get satisfied, but the desirer remains intact, the desirer is perpetuated. And never all the achievements in the realm of the three gunas, meaning in the realm of this world of the samsara, always are going to perpetuate the desirer. And never you will never be free from this desirer, desiring. You will always remain a limited being, and as long as the desirer remains, so long, I have to again continue this journey.
at the time of death, if my mind still has a number of desires to fulfill, still is not satisfied with one's own self, then it is going to seek satisfaction and fulfillment. And thus, definitely it is going to require to go into another embodiment so that I can gain a freedom from this desire. Therefore, says, Traigunya Vishaya Vedaha. Hey Arjuna, those who are seeking to gain fulfillment out of uh, different achievements, they are never going to become free from the cycle of birth and death. Therefore, says, Nistraigunyo Bhava Arjuna. Hey Arjuna, Tvam tu Nistraigunyo Bhava. May you become Nistraigunya. Meaning, may you become free from these three gunas. What do you mean becoming free from three gunas? May you become free from the achievements in the realm of the three gunas. So here, Arjuna, may you become Nishkamo Bhava. May you become free from the desires. By understanding the nature of desire. That what does a desire do? Desire prompts me to perform an action. As a result of performing the action, I do achieve various ends in life. But everything that is achieved as a result of performance of an action is going to be limited in itself. And therefore, is only going to increase my appetite further to get more and more. So more I achieve, more there is a desire to achieve. Because a man gets more and his dissatisfaction also increases in that proportion. And therefore, that, that asantosha, the dissatisfaction, never goes. So, nishkama bhava, meaning, may you become free from desire. That is, may you understand this, that fulfillment of desire will not make you ever free from desire. It is resolving a desire that will make you free from desire. When a desire arises, and you fulfill the desire, what is it that you are seeking? You are seeking a freedom from desire. When do you feel happy? When there is relief from that burden of desire. Whenever we gain happiness, what is the nature of that happiness? The mind becomes free. Because it got something that it wanted. But thus it became free from that want. It became free from the desire or craving. So every time we enjoy happiness, it is the happiness which is of the nature of freedom from some kind of a burden. I got bored. I switched on the TV, I was happy. What is the happiness? Freedom from boredom. I, I was craving for something, I got it, I became happy. What is the happiness? Freedom from that craving. Thus, every time we are enjoying happiness, we will find that that experience provides me freedom from something or the other. So ultimately happiness is freedom. And therefore, it is not that thing really that makes me happy, but that freedom that makes me happy. And therefore, it is not really the fulfillment of desire, but the freedom from desire is what you are seeking. So understand this, that freedom is your nature. And therefore, freedom is not something that you have to seek from outside. With this understanding, Nishkama Bhava, may you become free from desire. It is not that if the desires arise in your mind, that you suppress the desire, or that you become indifferent to the desire. Or that you become, you know, you reject the desire. It is that, when the desire arises in your mind, may you analyze the nature of desire. What is it that you seek to achieve by fulfillment of the desire? And you find that what you are seeking to achieve is in fact not away from you. 
So what you, that freedom that you are seeking is in fact your own nature. If with this understanding, may you become free from desires. Nishkama bhava. All right. How do you become nishkamaha or free from desires? The idea is that when the mind is free from desires, and desire here stands for all kinds of different demands, then alone the mind can enjoy a certain peace and tranquility. <laughs> as long as the mind is stifled by different desires, so long it cannot enjoy that poise. Mind cannot enjoy the poise as long as it is pulled apart by different desires. And if the mind does not enjoy that poise, certainly it cannot apply itself to the study or learning. So in order to have a contemplative mind, that mind should be free. Free from likes, dislikes and whatever. Then alone it should be that mind is tranquil or the mind enjoys a poise. So when the Lord Krishna says, Nishkama Bhava, meaning become free from desires, what is meant is, then alone you will enjoy what is what we call a mind in poise. And so to enjoy a contemplative mind, to enjoy a mind in poise, we have to learn to resolve these desires by understanding the source of desire. What is that causes desire? Ignorance causes the desire. How does ignorance cause the desire? What does ignorance do? Ignorance creates in me the various notions about me. What notions? These different kinds of notions. I am mortal, I am ignorant, I am limited. The self, in fact, which is immortal, of the nature of knowledge and limitless, the self takes it himself to be mortal or limited, ignorance, and then there is a desire to become free from immortality, free from ignorance and free from limitation. And this very desire is a product of ignorance. So thus when we analyze the source of desire, we will find that every desire arises on account of some notion that I entertain about myself. Which notion has arisen on account of identification with this body, or with the mind, or with the intellect. So ignorance creates the identification, that creates a sense of limitation, that creates a desire to become free from limitation. This is the mechanism of desire as explained by Vedanta, Avidya, Kama, Karma. So every Kama or the desire has its root in Avidya or ignorance. And, and therefore, by Viveka or discrimination, when we understand this, we shall be able to make our mind free from that fascination uh, for different objects, different pleasures, different achievements which create desires in us. So, nishkamaha, meaning freedom from desire, that nishkamatvam comes only as a result of viveka or discrimination, not simply by resolve or by simply uh, asserting, but it comes as a result of Viveka. So Vairagya. Therefore says here that Nirdvandho bhava, Nitya Sattvastho bhava, Niryoga Kshemaha bhava, Atmavan bhava. In order to become free from desire, it is become, but what is necessary? Nirdvandho bhava. Become free from Dvandva. What is Dvandva? The pairs of opposites. And what are these pairs of opposites? At the physical level, comfort and discomfort. At the mental level, happiness and unhappiness. 
intellectual level, honor and dishonor. So these are the pairs of opposites. Friend and foe, you know, heat and cold, honor and dishonor. So these are all the different pairs of opposites. They are called dvandva. And constantly we are confronted with these pairs of opposites. Now there is a friend, then there is a foe. Now it is hot, then it is cold. Now it is pleasant, then it is unpleasant. Now somebody honors me, then somebody dishonors me. This is what constantly goes on. And the mind is always torn apart by these pairs of opposites. It says, Nidvandva Bhava. May you become free from these pairs of opposites. May you enjoy a poise of mind that it retains its poise in spite of this constantly changing situations that you encounter. It was said in the earlier in the uh, earlier in this chapter itself. Matras Parshastukaundeya Shitoshna Sukadukadaha Agama Payano Nityaha Tam Stitikshasubharata. Hey Arjuna, whenever you will come in contact with the world, then it is going to create an experience, which experience will be of the nature of pleasure or pain. And if you permit your mind to react constantly to every experience, that when the experience is something that is agreeable, then you get elated. When the experience is disagreeable, then you get depressed. If you permit your mind to be elated and depressed again and again, then you can never enjoy that poise of mind. So nirdvandvobhava may become free from the influences of dvandva, meaning you understand that this is the nature of world, that world consists of these pairs of opposites. And again and constantly you will be confronted with the world which is the nature of these pairs of opposites. And thus may you remain, may you maintain a poise of mind in spite of these changing situations. <coughs> How can you do that? Says Nitya Sattvastovava. Always take the refuge of Sattva Guna. So, remaining free from the pairs of opposites is going to require thinking. Somebody insults you, for you to retain the poise of mind, you don't make yourself thick-skinned or insensitive, and that way may you maintain a certain kind of mind. But may you always be a thinking person. Nitya Sattva Sattva. Sattva means the sattvic quality of mind. That means the mind that is always thinking or mind that is inquiring. So constantly think about the nature of things. What do you call honor and dishonor, pleasure and pain, comfort and discomfort? All of these are actually only notions of the mind. The fanciful mind brands a given situation as agreeable and brands another situation as disagreeable. So agreeability, disagreeability, all of these are nothing but the projections of the mind. Because a given situation which mind at the moment considers agreeable, the same situation tomorrow may be considered disagreeable by me, the same mind may change its fancy. So a given thing, there is no certainty in this mind, and there is no consistency in this mind also. Agreeability, disagreeability, all of these are simply subjective projections of the mind. In the creation, there is no such thing as agreeable or disagreeable. World is what it is. We brand the world as friend and foe, as honor and dishonor, as agreeable, disagreeable. All of these is what our mind brands. Because I have my own concept of what is agreeable. 
if things satisfy that, then I call, I'm, I'm happy. If things don't satisfy my structure of likes and dislikes, I'm unhappy. And thus, the reactions in my mind are essentially determined by my own preconceived structure or preconceived notions. Nitya sattva And therefore, subject the reactions in your mind constantly to the scrutiny. And that is how, make your mind free from these reactions. <coughs> but then Arjuna may ask the question, yeah, but then, after all, we have to fulfill our responsibilities and we have to at least pursue, I mean, we have to look after our own selves. And so mind is constantly bothered by two things called yoga and kshema. So Lord Krishna says, niryoga kshemo bhava. May I become free from yoga and kshema. What is yoga? Anupattasya upadanam yoga hai. Yoga meaning acquiring something that I do not have. It's called yoga. Upattasya rakshanam kshema hai. Kshema means protection of what I have. So basically the mind is always preoccupied with these two kinds of things. Yoga and kshema. Mind is only dwelling upon things that I don't have and how to acquire them. How to acquire that dress? How to acquire that carpet? How to acquire that car? How to acquire that, that, that which I don't have? This is one kind of an activity that the mind has. And second is protection of what I have. Because what I have also will not remain with me unless I protect it. Suppose I have the money. I must know how to protect my wealth. I have the house, I must know how to protect the house. Swamiji, when we go to New York, I went to New York to my friend, and my friend, I lived in an apartment with my friend, and the car was parked in the street, and all the time I was worried. Every 15 minutes I would look down, is my car safe or not? Because when you go to New York City, you know that nothing can ever be trusted upon. And therefore, you just make... Uh, uh, you leave your car here, go for shopping for half hour, you come back, it's not there, you know. And so to protect what we have also requires a lot of energy of the mind. And usually people have, people's mind is generally preoccupied with one of these two things, acquiring what we do not have and protecting what we have, yoga and kshema. And as long as mind is preoccupied with this yoga and kshema, so long it cannot enjoy the tranquility or poise. So Lord Krishna says, Niryoga kshema bhava. May you become free from the anxieties of yoga and kshema. And who is going to take care of me? You know? Suppose I don't worry about what I don't have. And I don't worry about protecting what I have. Who is going to do that? Lord says, I am go- going to do that. Now that's not easy, but that's something that one has to discover in one's own life. So these are the things that we actually have to discover. Because the ninth chapter is going to say, Ananyas chintayantomam yejanaf paryupasate tesham nityabhyuktanam yogakshemam vahamyam So those people are constantly worshipping me. Those people are constantly centered on me. And therefore those people are constantly united with me. I take care of their yoga and kshema, meaning I provide them what they don't have and I protect what they have. 
This is of course the experience of all the great devotees of the Lord. It is not our experience. Because we think that it is our responsibility to procure what we don't have and to protect what we have. And as long as we have, we take it to be our responsibility, we wind up performing and making an effort for it also. But even today also, when I get things that I don't have, how do I get it? We will find that ultimately the things are given to me. And therefore, as far as the devotee of the Lord is concerned, he knows that. The prarabdha or the God is going to get me what I don't have and what I need is going to come to me and what I need is going to remain with me. That tremendous amount of faith or the trust is there because of the devotion. And in course of time, one has to achieve this. Because otherwise one can never become free from these anxieties of yoga and kshema, of acquiring and protecting. We can never become free from that. And as long as the anxieties of acquiring and protecting other, how can we enjoy a peace of mind? We cannot. So niryoga kshema bhava. And how do we become that? Atmavan. Atma here means mind. Apparmato bhava. May we become free from the uh, pramada may become free from inadvertence, may mean, meaning may become alert. May you make your mind free from the fascination of the objects. May you make your mind abiding or all the time focused. Atman means may you always become focused. The mind has a tendency to run away again and again being distracted. Bring the mind back again and again up to it to its focus. Always keep in mind what is it that is the goal of your life. What is it that you are seeking in life. And the action that you are going to perform, does it have anything to do with uh, what you are seeking? Make your life, the whole life, a means of, a means of attainment of what you are seeking. That is called Atmavan, Apparmatva Bhava, may become alert. Alert to the objective of life, the goal of life. And may the mind always be focused on that. May the mind not be distracted by unnecessary temptations and fascinations and may it always be focused on what you are seeking or what you have understood to be the goal of life. Often our mind gets distracted. Often the mind comes under the spell of different things and there is self-forgetfulness. We forget. I wanted to do this and then I wound up doing something else. I wanted to go there and I wound up going somewhere else. Because this road was so beautiful, I went there, I forgot that I had left home to reach somewhere else. And this happen, happens very often to us, that the mind gets distracted. Atman bhava, may we become free from this distraction, may we become free from this fascination of the objects, etc. And thus always remain centered, always remain focused. And when you remain focused, keep your mind always glued to your objective. And that will enable you to become slowly free from these anxieties of you, procure, acquiring and procuring. And that will keep your mind poised and you will always be able to think about nitya sattvastha. Think about the reality of life. And that will enable you to become free from dvandva, the pairs of opposites. And thus, that will make you free from what we call kama, meaning the ragadveshas. And thus, you will be able to enjoy a mind which is required for uh, for gaining this knowledge. Even for Shastra listening to the scriptures, for reflection upon what you listen, and for assimilating of what you understand, you require this mind. And therefore, Eshatav Upadesha 
స్వధర్మం అనుతిష్ఠత హే అర్జున దిస్ ఇస్ ద ఇన్స్ట్రక్షన్ టు యూ టు యూ నౌ హూస్ గుడ్ ఎంగేజ్ ఇన్ పర్ఫార్మెన్స్ ఆఫ్ డ్యూటీ దిస్ ఈజ్ ఇన్ ఇన్స్ట్రక్షన్ టు యూ దట్ మే యూ పర్ఫార్మ్ యూర్ డ్యూటీ ఓకే బట్ నాట్ ఈస్ మోటివేటెడ్ బై డిఫరెంట్ డిజైర్స్ మోటివేటెడ్ బై మే యువర్ యాక్షన్స్ బికమ్ ఎ మీన్స్ ఫార్ వాట్ యువర్ సీకింగ్ ఇన్ లైఫ్ and may your actions not become means for achievement of small or limited ends so this verse is placed here in preparation to the instruction of karma yoga that the lord is going to give at the same time this verse applies throughout nistraigunyo bhavarjuna hey arjuna may become free from these three gunas sattva rajas and tamas meaning the whole samsara and all its achievements which are characterized by three gunas may become free from that <coughs> Okay. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 శంకరం శంకరాచార్యం కేశవం బాదరాయణం సూత్రభాష్యకృతౌ వందే భగవంతౌ పునః పునః ఈశ్వరో గురురాత్మేతి మూర్తిభేదవిభాగినే వ్యోమవ్యాప్తదేహాయ దక్షిణామూర్తయే నమః శాంతిశాంతిశాంతి హరి ఓ శ్రీ గురుభ్యో